to the podcast of Community Action Suffolk. I am joined today by Michael Strand, who's the Community Fundraising Manager for Suffolk Wildlife Trust. And he's going to talk to me a bit today about a project which I know a lot of people in the local area have been really interested in, which is called Martlesham Wild. So let's kick straight off, Michael. Lovely to see you. How are you? I'm very well indeed. Thank you, Debbie. Thanks for having me on today. No, it's, it's great to have you on. Your full title for the charity is Community Fundraising Manager. What does that entail day to day? Well, day to day, every day is very different for me. Um, my, my role is about trying to engage as many people as possible in the natural world. Uh, you know, I have specific areas of um, of focus, but it's, it's trying to engage communities, uh, businesses, especially. Um, we have a, a number of what, what's called wildlife groups across Suffolk. Um, who've been going for a, some of them have been going since our, our well, just after our inception so about 50 years so I help to organize and, and coordinate their activities across the county um, but my role is also very fluid and flexible so that I can respond to I can help the trust to respond to situations like Martlesham Wild so when we have a campaign uh, I can get parachuted in and with other colleagues help help support that campaign and uh, Martlesham Wilds has been um, a, 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 you know, a, a wonderful, uh, I, I think it's been a, a standout campaign so far. Well, let's talk about it. So how did it come about? How did how did the project even kind of come into life? And where is it now? And what are the opportunities going forward for more people listening to this to get involved in some perhaps volunteering capacity, if it's within their local area? So Marshall Wilds, um, well, the, the area of land, which is located essentially on the western bank of the River Deben, sandwiched between uh, Martlesham and Woodbridge and Sutton Hoo. Um, it, it sort of abuts the River Deben and Martlesham Creek. Uh, the, the parcel of land came on the market last uh, late last summer. And the, the original farm, it, it, was, it, it was a farm, uh, and the original farm holding uh, basically went up for sale as an ongoing concern. It wasn't taken up by the agricultural community. So the the uh, landowner at the time, John Symes, split the area into two. So the, the farmhouse and about 50 acres uh, were sold off as one parcel. And the remaining uh, parcel of land, uh, which includes farmland, but also a whole range of habitats from uh, ancient woodland, um, newly planted woodland, reed beds, salt marsh, mud flats, um, grazing marsh, salt marsh. I mean, it's wonderful thick hedgerows, unimproved grassland. I mean, it's got the whole gamut. They're veteran trees. We've got oaks over 500 years old on the site. So this wonderful, uh, I suppose, a reflection of a East Suffolk landscape that came on the market and it, the, the price tag was within the trust's uh, reach. So we, like we, in everything that we do in terms of land acquisition across Suffolk, we actually, you know, we, we consider the options uh, and with an amazing legacy that was left to us by a, a Suffolk couple called Pam and George Ford, it put us within reach of that, of that price tag. Uh, we were just over a million pounds short, but we're one of 46 
wildlife trusts in the UK. We're part of a federation. Uh, so we're an independent charity, but we're part of a, a group of charities called the Wildlife Trusts. And we have a, a just to confuse things, we have a we have a national charity also called the Wildlife Trusts. And there are philanthropists around the UK who donate money to the Wildlife Trusts on an interest free basis on which independent individual trusts like Suffolk can apply. And we were successful with that. So we have bought the land, but we owe a million pounds interest free. So that's the campaign that we launched at the back end of October. And I'm I'm delighted to tell your listeners that uh, as of last week, we hit the £500,000 mark and that's five months in. So we've got Amazing. a year to raise You're this million. You're halfway in just after five months. Gosh, that's Yeah, incredible. I mean, it's just been... Debbie, it's been absolutely amazing. I, 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 I can't tell you, uh, in, or I can't shout loud enough about the support from our members, from our supporters, and especially from the local community. It's been amazing. Can you put your finger on why that might be? You know, there are all sorts of things in the world that we can get excited about, that we can give our money to. And of course, we're talking about that five months happened to be a period of time where people, let's face it, that goes back to what, sort of October, late last year, People have been worrying about their own pockets a lot in that period of time. And yet people have said, no, this Marshallsham Wilds project matters to me. I like the idea of this. I'm giving towards this project. That, for me, even elevates how amazing it's been that you've accomplished that in such a short period of time. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree. I mean, I, I don't I can't give you exact data at this stage, but, you know, myself and my colleague, Charlie Zacks, who have been at the sort of coalface of the campaign in the local communities, what we've gleaned is that there's there, there's a number of factors. It's very acutely aware, it, we, we're very acutely aware now when we speak to people that the nature crisis, that the climate crisis is very much in the forefront of people's minds. And they're not seeing action at a, a government le- enough action at a government level they're not seeing enough action um from people in positions of power and this is this is one of the ways in which people can can actually make themselves feel good and make themselves feel connected to that cause by donating whatever it is that that that, that they can whether that's 50p or their time or just sharing that with other people in their community about a good news so the story. The fact that you take what is an enormous concept that we're all hearing about, but we don't feel we can make that, you know, massive impact on straight away. If you crunch it right down and you say, what's happening on my very doorstep within a mile, five miles of my front door, what can I do? That's where putting that 50p, that five pounds towards something, that's your way of, of kind of celebrating your passion, I suppose. You know, it's so tangible. There's so many people say, what what can I do? What can I do to help climate change? What is what what difference am I going to make? But actually, collectively, if we all do a little bit, what what will happen in time is that we need to get to this societal societal shift. Um, It's a one in four. So one in four people taking meaningful action, uh, uh, action for nature. And if everybody does it, then the, the whole beast takes on. A, 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 a process, a momentum of itself, and then things will just naturally happen. Just like when we all thought we would never own one of these things, when it got to 25% of, pe- of society owning one of these things, everybody ended up having one of them. For the record, if you've got your headphones in and you're just listening to this, Michael's holding up his mobile phone, which is all rather pertinent because I hear we're celebrating, is it the 50th anniversary of the mobile phone today? Oh, really? Really, yeah. 
Look, okay. Let's talk about the Nokia brick today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, 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 kind of go, going back to that. So, I think that you know, definitely, it's a way that people can not just um, uh, feel like they're they're contributing. But the beauty about supporting something locally like this is that people can come and visit it. They can bring their friends and their family and they can witness it. They can contribute to it, towards it. They feel a part of it. And that's really, really key, especially from where, you know, how we want to uh, be perceived as a trust and actually who we are. It's, it is our it is our um, our DNA that we're, we're a grounds up charity and, and we, we want people to feel that they are deeply connected to a local area um, and to local wildlife. So talking about that deep connection and rolling it forward, obviously you're halfway, you know, in terms of the kind of fundraising goal for it. What are we going to see a year from now, five years from now? What will Marshallsham Wilds look like for people in this local area? Is it a place that we can come and ramble? Is it a place that we're going to, you know, want to go and go bird watching? What, what will we see? How do we engage in that area? Okay, so this is really exciting because what we're doing at Martian Wars is we are adopting a wilding approach. So this is a, a, a new approach. People may have heard about it on the in the news, on the telly, on 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 in social media. So as part of the contract of taking on the land, we've got one year of harvest that uh, we have to honour. Uh, so there, people will see crops on on the fields there uh, up until October. From then on, we're just letting nature take the lead um, and. People can go and see examples of that on some of our other nature reserves like Foxborough at Melton, Blackbourne Valley near Bury St Edmunds and Argafen down near Sudbury. We've been doing this since 2004. So people will start to see an ever evolving, ever shifting landscape um, where probably some large grazing animals like cows or ponies will start to help shift and change, will munch away vegetation that grows up and you know this although the although the farm was um, organic for a number of years what we know is that you're you, we're going to get sudden flurries of particular plants growing from one season to the next so you might see a great corner of a field covered in thistles and think oh my goodness and then the next year it'll be something completely different but what we'll start to see is um rural plants that these sort of rare um floristic uh, arable weeds as some people might refer to them arable plants that, that sort of missing in the landscape come through you'll start getting grasses scrub gorse um small trees will start to appear bramble and bracken will come in because it's quite a sort of a, a, a sandy site that's gonna uh, that's what's gonna happen on the on the arable lands in terms of two other sort of we, we haven't fully decided exactly what's going to happen but we are looking at the possibility of recreating salt marsh down by the but by the river. Now, this is a really exciting. This will be a first in the River Deben, and I'm not sure there's too many in Suffolk that have, have, have actually happened. So actually reinstating the historic boundary of salt marsh, this is a very rare and important habitat for our, our sort of wading birds and things. So that's another area. And then the third area from a wildlife point of view is we're going to be looking at trying to um, re recreate or, or sorry, create areas of fresh water. And if anyone watched... Um, uh, Live, uh, what was it? The um, David Attenborough field thing at the minute on Sunday night. Oh, oh yeah, okay. It's it's about wild isles. That's it, wild okay. isles. So last night was all about fresh water and how important is the basis of you know much of our life uh, on this planet and in in on these islands. Um, and we're going to be recreating some freshwater habitats and looking at the historic ponds on there to sort of make sure that they are 
in a, in the best possible state um, that, that they can. But in terms of how people can access it, it's already got an amazing network of footpaths, um, pu public rights of way, uh, and we, we will maintain those. We will improve those. We've been improving access over time. Uh, there's already a small car park that people can get to next to the St. Mary's Church, but we are also encouraging people to walk with there, to cycle there, and to catch the bus there. Because actually, in terms of the nature reserve in Suffolk, it is one of the most accessible by bus. So you can get catch a bus to the Red Lion at Martish, in Martisham, or you can even catch the, just the bus to Tesco at Martisham and walk through from Tesco through the woodland there. It takes about 15, 20 minutes, and you're immediately in Martisham Wilds. Wow. So as you say, really accessible, lots of opportunity. And something for me almost feels even nicer about it is that it's not predefined it's not like you're saying this is what this project is going to look like a year from now actually it's so organic and kind of it's all about that evolving process that we want nature to take its course and let us tell us what it's going to look like in years to come I think you've absolutely hit the nail on the head Debbie it's it's us learning from nature because we you know you may have heard around all the tree planting about you know right tree in the right place but actually if you let nature set, set, set the seed of its own plants, it, it will very soon tell you whether or not it's going to survive there or not. Um, yeah. And for the most part, you know, the, the conditions will dictate what grows um, and therefore will bring, you know, the animals, the, the, the appropriate um, uh, assemblages of animals there. You know, and one of the things we're going we're to be seeing for sure is an absolute abundance of invertebrates, insects pollinators right. and that's the base of the food chain and once they start exploding because of all the floristic diversity there the, all the all the flowers essentially um and and the, and the complexity of the structure that's really important as well within the landscape you know right from bare earth little tusky grass through to scrub and then woodland if you get all that structure right um then everything else will start to come in. The small an small mammals will start to feed on the insects. The, bir the birds will come in. You've got amph amphibians and reptiles. Um, you know, it's just going to be amazing. It really is. I can't wait. Oh, wow. It does sound like it's going to be really exciting. So I suppose the thing that strikes me, there will be people listening to this, as do, you know, all of our kind of episodes within Community Action Stuff, but the very nature of it is that we want to encourage people to think about volunteering and getting involved in things that have a charitable or voluntary sector nature to them going forward whether it's kind of now six months from now how could people potentially get involved and how do you want to capture their interest even if there isn't an immediate opportunity until such a time as you're ready to deploy people in active roles yeah so I think the first thing is to say is you know in terms of getting involved um, at Martlesham Wilds you know it's important I think um, that people have access to to that land you know in terms of any volunteering you've got to have good access right to it um you know and in terms of environmental i wouldn't want to be encouraging someone from sort of uh, berry st edmunds or, or lower stuff to come down to volunteer at martian wilds necessarily um so good good access is really important um what we're doing at this minute in time is we're in, if people are interested is to if they would like to email um uh, us at team wilder at suffolkwildlifetrust.org um, and we can take their, 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 their details down and what, what they might be interested in. We're basically keeping people on file because as nature is taking the lead, we're not sh exactly sure how much 
and of what kind of voluntary roles there we will need. But there certainly will be a variety. So we, we will be uh, possibly looking at some practical conservation, uh, but we may also be looking at some survey work. We might be looking at some uh, photography work. Uh, there might be some um, uh, people science work, some you know social science, science work. Uh, also some uh, welcome visitors might be uh, also needed in the future because what we need to do is try and bring people on board as to the changes that are happening you know we know we have a lot of people that have used the site historically on the footpaths so uh, being there as a face for the trust to pass on positive messaging listen to people's concerns or any issues that that, that there might be so there could be a number of roles from both the people and a, a wildlife point of view um we always try and encourage people to, to explain to us what their interests are and their skills are so that we can marry marry up the the sort of need with the interest because there's no point in asking people coming on doing things that they don't want to do so that's at miles from wilds and if people are interested in in the wider trust you know we have a a, a volunteering page uh, on our website so people can can go there but I, you know i would encourage people to have a look at um at the website have a look at where our nature reserves and especially where our learning centres are we've got six learning centres around Suffolk dotted all around uh, and we have two visitor centres as well uh, and you know there's a lot more roles required where there's you know a greater assemblage of of people coming um, so at Lackford Lakes for example at Carlton Marshes up we have our visitor centres and then we've got education uh, centres at uh, Melton at Bradfield Woods um, at Nettershaw Heath and at Redgrave and Lopham Fen. So, you know, there's there's more options there. And I would encourage people to get in touch directly, either through our volunteering uh, email, which is on the webpage I just mentioned, or go directly to the contact of those individual nature reserves or centres. So certainly, like right from the get go, there are opportunities all around the county via using the tentacles of Suffolk Wildlife Trust to start to get involved. And perhaps that's the best way, even if in the future you hope to perhaps get in more involved in Marlesham Wilds, you might start to dip your toe into understanding more about SWT initially and, and kind of finding out who are the kinds of people, the projects that you're involved with. And this might be a really good stepping stone into doing that. So certainly in the show notes for this episode, I'll make sure that we mention your volunteering um, sort of web links so that people can uh, find their way to those opportunities. Well, it's been great to chat to you. I've really enjoyed hearing about Marlesham Wilds. And, you know, I, I get the sense that in a few months from now, we might be leaping considerably further forward with the fundraising status and perhaps you'll be able to tell me a little bit more about how it's looking in the summer yeah please I'm, i'll be i'd be more than happy to do that debbie and um you know just for any listeners out there who um have already supported the campaign if i could just say a massive thank you to everyone who has um you know i think the other thing just just to mention is that you know as a nature charity we we're not really the first port of call when people want to do fundraising but martin wiles has has basically changed that um, and we have got people running for us and crocheting for us and running a chess tournament for us and having an art gallery for us this is completely new grounds for us people don't people will do that necessarily you know more obviously for cancer charities or, or or people charities and i think that also goes to show you know what this means to people um locally especially yeah that's amazing wow what a shift in people's kind of motivations and and feelings that people have about the natural world so so yeah, we, we have one lady in the first first month who contacted us to say that she'd cancelled her window cleaner for that month so that she could pay the money that she would have paid them to martisham wilds wow 
Wow. And that, isn't that just, you know, that really encapsulates it's the small things, isn't it? The relatively small things. People are already spending out that sum of money in a weekly, monthly basis, whatever it might be. And it's diverting that money to something you feel really passionate about. And that helps generate and accelerate a project that's going to mean so much for the community for years and years and generations to come. Oh, well, lovely to chat to you, Michael. Thank you so much for your time on the episode today. Thank you to everyone for listening to the latest episode of the Community Action Suffolk podcast. We'll be back with another one very, very soon. And as I've said before, we will put some more details about Suffolk Wildlife Trust and Martlesham Wild in the notes for the show episode. Thanks again. And do keep listening and watch out for our social media to get updates on our next episode. Mm-hmm.